when you speak about performances right now, how many of these artists really can perform? You still got to go back to catch from the 90s to get a good performance. The Busta Rhymes, yeah. uh, you know, KRS-One, yeah. mm -hmm. Public Enemy, yeah. Yeah. you know, DMX. It's like they don't know the elements, so they just come up on stage and sing their song and walk around. You know, back in the day, you had Kane, you had all these other dudes. They had dances, they had the DJ, you had Mr. C, you yeah. had everything. You had a whole show to go with. That's why they can still come out and perform and draw large crowds and still sell because they have a performance to give you. They're not walking back and forth on the stage. They can actually give it to you in a performance and rip the show all night. So when I say that, my question I really I ask you, is it a difference? Because I like to say there's a difference between MCing and a rapper. Because to me, like you said, MC controls the crowd. He can, he can move it, and a rapper just, you know, he's just entertained. He's just out there singing his song. To you, is that, do you agree with yeah. that, or what do you think? I do, and before I answer that question, one of my favorite performers, R.I.P., was Heavy D. To watch yes. this big dude no doubt. No who doubt. can move the way he can move was crazy. Yes. Now, to answer your question, absolutely. The, the difference between an MC is, and rapper is night and day. Now, an MC can rap, but rappers can rarely MC. The mm. art, the cleverness, yes. the... Uh, the double, triple entendres, understanding breath control, understanding you had to say something. Uh, it was about your witty and intelligence being brought into the rhyme and how you did it. Rappers are, is a lower vibration. It's like they lowered the vibratory rate of the MC so that Europeans and other people, could. this is when they started making money off of it. And you got to look at Sugar Hill Gang, who I, I love and respect, because that record became big, but remember, prior to Sugar Hill Gang, nobody knew who they were. They was a makeshift group put together, yeah. and then when okay. they were inhibited, they made it, they, <laughs> they slowed the vibratory rate down just enough where, you know, your moms or somebody who, who hated hip-hop prior to that, because in, in their opinion, it was a bunch of noise and this and that. You know, even they would say, oh, that's a cool record. MCs Sometimes you got to listen to what they say nine, ten times before you grasp it. But the slow and lower down vibratory rate is more Mickey Mouse rhyme. Don't make it complicated. Keep it simple so that people in the club, whether they white people, black people, who, who don't really understand the intricacies of an MC can still appreciate it. And that's when record labels said, all right, we can make money off this because even – uh, Run DMC, you know, when they had what's mm -hmm. going on across the seas, rudimentary, no disrespect, and it's rudimentary. So all of that began the process of commercializing the rapper, and it began, but luckily for us, we had Rakim and Big Daddy Kane and Karis One and Coogee Rap and MCs and still emerged out of it but then they was going to war with those who just wanted to rap. And nowadays you have one of the greatest rappers in Drake who mastered the art of rap. Now, Drake can do a little bit of emceeing too. I'm not going to hate on him. But <laughs> women and kids and people love Drake because it's very in-your-face and it's very simple. With Kendrick Lamar, it's very complex. You yeah. know what I mean? And how he delivers what he delivers. So he's cut 
from the cloth of an MC, and Drake is more so cut from the cloth from the... of an advanced rapper. Right, <laughs> and then, right. And, and, and as you say that, if you notice, when we had the late 80s and going into the 90s, when it was, it was more about the bars, and the MCs was like, uh, you know, we had the Nazis and we had the, the the clan and we had all them, you know, no matter Craig G, whoever, Cool G, rap, all of them, they had the bars, Biggie, everybody was about the bars. But then, as you notice, it, it, it was more New York dominated and then California dominated, but they had to slow it down to get everybody else around the world on course with it, it, see, it feels like. That's what it felt like to me coming from New York yeah. and then going to the South. It's like, okay, you know, they're like, well, yeah, you know, Outkast came, but I was like, Outkast was really spitting bars, though. They was like, they wasn't your regular <laughs> down South MC. Yeah, they was actually, they was, right. you know, putting it together and making bars and making good music. Like, they, they, was, they, they were came the from that club. The they were the exception to the rule, yes. Yeah. So I mean, and, and and now that you think of it, going into the 2000, that's why you see there's no real, there's no real. They don't have an attention span for New York rappers who spit bar after bar after bar. It has to be like a few bars, then the hook, so they can dance, so they can catch on. They can't be, the, it can't be like the Illmatic album. Like that's what I always tell my kids. Like you'll never get another album like Illmatic. Because y'all don't understand no. it. Y'all can't even appreciate that. Y'all can't even appreciate that. Right. He did 10 songs, and those are the hardest 10 songs you've ever heard. Like, you know, get your favorite yeah. rapper today, and they can't do that. They can't give you 10 songs. Yo, he put now. train sounds in the background. You know what I'm saying? He put the seven train in the background. Come on, yeah. man. Word. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, so, you know, that was brilliant. That's what I mean. Like, you'll never, you, you can't get that. You don't have that. You you know, you got Kendrick. Kendrick Lamar is a dope MC. I like him. I like J. Cole, you know, I, I like those type yeah. MCs because they bring me, they remind me of my where I come from in my era. You know, I like the bars. I'm a bar person. I love to hear the bars. I love to hear MCs break it up. That's why and, I love Cambada. When I heard Cambada, I mm -hmm. said, okay, this is a guy who's got some bars. Now, you got to remember, this became the most popular music in the world, and if people of European descent and all that don't understand these the, the alchemy of it, the spiritual essence of how we put words together, then they had to lower the vibratory rate so that mm -hmm. it's very, very easy so that they can make their money. But money ain't everything. There's a war going on. There's always a, a war between spiritual and material. And mm -hmm. even in the music, there's a war going on. You know, and I give Diddy, you know, Diddy had his moment, but Diddy made it very common. You know what I'm saying? Mm. The, the, the traps he was choosing, and he was about, let's make this for everybody. And I understood, but there are always consequences for that kind of action. Yes. The only thing he had in his favor, he had Biggie with him. So we still gave him a pass because Biggie's bars were extraordinary. So, right. tell, me, so tell me, that you, you talk about Biggie. Like I've always like me and C V we talk about it all the time. And one of the things I always say is that, you know, the Russell Simmons, the Diddies, they opened the door to the commercialism and they took away they they, they sold our culture out, basically, for the money. I mean, that's how I look at it. You, you how you yes. feel? I feel the same way and I'm not sure that's what their intentions were. But at the end of the day, when you make something available 
to a vast amount of people, you have to understand that what became special and sacred about it is now easily accessible to anybody and everybody. I went through this in the conscious community. There was a time in the conscious community when you had to show up at these lectures, it'd be 50, 60 people. The only way to re, uh, watch it was on VHS tapes and cassette Word. tapes. Mm-hmm. And then the Internet opened this up to people who weren't ready to digest that uh, type of information, and now it's a mess. I saw the same thing happen in hip-hop. Russell Simmons used to come up to the Bronx and hang out at, uh, you know, Bronx River and those places. And then when he got on, I thought it was interesting he didn't pick nobody on from those errors. But, but from the Bronx, he went and found his own thing because I think deep down inside he knew he was violating something very sacred. Now, mm. the very first record on Def Jam is by Tila Rock and Jazzy J, but from there he went to LL Cool J and then went into Rugby and C, Beastie Boys, yep. and he never went back to the Bronx to put on a bunch of brothers and sisters he wanted to do his own thing so he could capitalize. And every hip-hop mogul who came after him used Russell's blueprint as mm-hmm. the template, and now the culture is totally sold out. Well, let, let so, me ask you about mm-hmm. one person. Because um, we, we always, people who are like hip-hop historians, we, we know about Grandmaster Cass. So why does a person like that who has notebooks full of rhymes and bars, like how did he not get on? It's real interesting because I know the Cold Crest per- personally. So um, I was just on the phone with uh, Almighty KG from the Cold Crush yesterday because it was his birthday. So they were the standard of what I call the chaos realm of hip-hop. And this is before records. 